Well, we're going to continue now in, in the Gospel of Mark, so please turn there with me to Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1. We are going to finish the first chapter of Mark. We are working our way right through it. So this is Mark chapter 1. I'm going to read verses 40 through 45 for us. This is the word of the Lord. And a leper came to him, imploring him, and kneeling, said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. But he went out and began to talk freely about it and to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town, but was out in desolate places, and people were coming to him from every quarter. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, bless us this morning with your spirit to teach us your word about your son, about his compassion, about his mercy, his willingness, his power to heal and to save. And Jesus, I pray for anyone here this morning who does not know you, uh, that they would see you in this passage and, and put their trust in you today. I pray for those here who, who do know you but are struggling in their faith. And Jesus, we confess that that's, that's all of us. So please strengthen us by your word today. And we pray all of this in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, I don't know if you've ever been around a, a really bad skin disease before. Maybe you've, you've struggled with that. Every time I, I think or read passages like this or about leprosy, I always think about my own uh, reaction, not to leprosy, but my own reaction to uh, poison ivy. I'm so allergic to that stuff. Uh, part of the reason why I'm not the most outdoorsy kind of person. Uh, but I'm so allergic, and the last time I got it, it spread all over my body. From the couple points on my ankle where it started, it got to the rest of my legs and my arms was covered with it. Completely covered with it. And one of the problems, one of the most horrible things about any kind of, of skin issue or skin disease is because we are so desperate. We need so much this personal contact between one another. You know, when we're covered with poison ivy, we we can't even touch ourselves. We don't want anybody else to touch us. We don't want them to get infected, but we don't want to, anything bad to happen. But this is, this is one of the problems with, with skin diseases in general, with uh, our skin-to-skin contact, the loving touch, the warm embrace of a family member, of a friend. This is, these are things that are not optional for us, but we, we desperately need them. We need to see each other's faces. We need to be in contact with one another. And so both of these things, the, the pain and suffering from the skin disease itself and also the, the social loss that this man had because of it, all of that was, was what he was dealing with, what this man was dealing with in our, in our passage this morning. 
we're simply told that he is a leper. That this, this man had leprosy. Now, this, the, the word in Scripture, it's, it's used as a catch-all word for uh, many different kinds of skin diseases, including Hansen's disease, the leprosy as we know it today. We don't know exactly what he might have had. He might truly have had leprosy like we know it. Regardless, you know, this man had a bad case of, of whatever he had. Luke's account in Luke chapter 5, he tells us that this man was full of leprosy, head to toe. It had gotten everywhere. He likely had rotting flesh, open wounds, open sores. This was not something, not someone that you wanted to be around, certainly. And because of that, he was, he was ostracized. He was sent out from society. He was, he was cast out from civilization. He was unclean according to Jewish law. He was not allowed to be inside the town removed from society until he might one day become clean again. And at such a point, then the priest would have to come in and pronounce him, pronounce him clean. Only then could he be welcomed back into society. That is the situation that this man is in. Can you, can you put yourself into his shoes, into his sandals? Can you put yourself into his situation? He was unclean and he was cast away. And so what happens when Jesus comes in to the story? What happens when Jesus enters the picture? We see that he is both willing and able to heal this man's disease. We've already seen in the previous passages about, all about Jesus' power and his authority. He is, he's powerful to heal everything. He heals all kinds of diseases. He casts out all kinds of demons and unclean spirits. The question then is, is he willing? That was the question this man brought in our passage this morning, and that's what we see. We see that not only is he able, powerful to heal, but he is willing to heal. And so in order to see this willing and able Savior, what I want to do is go through the story uh, piece by piece, and we'll start Right here in verse 40, we'll start with the disease. We'll start with this man, this leper that comes to Jesus. Verse 40, a leper came to him, imploring him, kneeling down, said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. We need to notice a few things about this situation. We already talked about the nature of this disease, but let's go back in time to when this man would have first got this diagnosis. The Jewish legal system was very clear about how to handle uh, procedures and how to handle skin diseases like this. Leviticus chapters 13 and 14, you know those chapters, those are the ones where you're doing your Bible in a year reading plan and you get to and it gets to be a bit of a slog. But you have to work through it. Those two chapters, they give all kinds of details and regulations for the priests, how they are to diagnose these diseases. And these regulations, they're still in effect in Jesus' day. This is still the case. And so these rules, they were, they were used for the priests to distinguish between malignant and non-malignant uh, skin diseases, between good and bad. You know, what, what's going on here? Which one is it? 
And so if the priest examined a person and it turned out to be uh, that it wasn't one of the, the bad forms of skin disease, they need to be okay. And there was uh, several examples of those. One of those examples of a non-malignant skin disease was, was balding. <laughs> I don't know why. I just felt like I should share that with you. I, I uh, you know, thankfully, I don't uh, struggle with that myself. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's it. That's all I got with that point. <laughs> Moving on. There's several non-malignant skin diseases. There were several that were not bad, that were not a problem at all. And so that man would be pronounced clean. But if it was determined that it was one of those bad skin diseases like leprosy, like, like this man had, he'd be pronounced unclean. And you did not want to be pronounced unclean. This was the pronouncement from Leviticus chapter 13, verse 45. It says that the leprous person who has the disease shall wear torn clothes and let the hair of his head hang loose. And he shall cover his upper lip and cry out, Unclean! Unclean! He shall remain unclean as long as he has the disease. He is unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. Can you feel the weight of just blow after blow of this diagnosis? And the, the prognosis, here's what you have to do now. You have to be removed from society. You yourself have to proclaim to everyone that might come across your path, I am unclean. So can you picture this man in, in our story? Flash back to when he first found that, that spot on his arm or maybe on the back of his leg, this, the rash that showed up one day. We don't know if he was married or had a family, but can you picture his, his wife uh, coming home and saying, Honey, what's, what's that spot on, on the back of your shoulder there? That doesn't look good. And the, the dread and the, the pit in his stomach that he must have felt when they knew that they had to go and, and make an appointment and go and see the priest and present himself. And the journey as they go uh, to see the priest and the dread that they would have felt that whole time, wondering what is going to happen. And then hearing the priest make that pronouncement, how the devastating those words are, that dreaded word, unclean. Devastating news. He was unclean. He's going to live alone now. He's not going to see his family. No longer with his wife, not with his kids. His dwelling place is outside the camp. It's outside of the town. It's outside of civilization. His life is over. This is a death sentence. He's as good as dead. And, and this is not an overstatement. Uh, all through Scripture, we, we see that being afflicted uh, with leprosy was considered a judgment act by God. So Miriam, in, in the book of Exodus, she um, opposes Moses, and, and she is struck with leprosy by God because, because so. Uh, King Uzziah, he's struck with leprosy when he became proud and he defied God and defied the priesthood. As one commentator, he, he concludes about leprosy. He says that we must note that leprosy was especially symbolic of sin. 
and the healing of it, especially a parable of deliverance from sin. So to be healed from leprosy, it, it was absolutely a miracle. This was something that only happened to people, this leprosy, it was given to people who really deserved it. So this man in our story, he, he knows the story of Miriam, he knows the story of King Uzziah. So he's thinking to himself, I'm being judged by God. I deserve this. And my life is over. Because of the immense stigma and around leprosy as the Jewish leaders, the rabbis, as they, do, as they have done and they do with, with all of the law, they also, they add on to the, the requirements given in the law re, around leprosy. And they, they make these people, uh, they made them complete outcasts. Uh, we have some record uh, from Josephus, from that great first century Jewish historian. He talks about lepers and how they were treated, and, and he says simply that they were as if they were, in effect, dead men. And so can you imagine all of these thoughts growing through this man's head as the priest says the word to him, unclean. His life is flashing before his eyes. We don't know how many years have passed since then. It must have been several for him to to get to the point of being full of leprosy, like Luke tells us. So not only is his skin completely covered by it, but he likely has some deformities now forming from the, the deteriorating uh, quality of this specific disease. His life is over. That is, until he hears the news that there's a man named Jesus who had just healed an entire town full of people the other night. None of those people in Capernaum that night that they, they came to him, they would not have had such a debilitating disease like this because they were, still, they were still part of the town. They were still in the town. But this man was an outcast. He was outside the town. But in faith, he makes the decision, I am going to find this man who is able to heal. And so he finds Jesus, he falls at his feet, imploring him, not saying unclean, unclean, but he says, if you are willing, you can make me clean. He knew, this man knew that Jesus was able to heal. The only question he had, and it was a, pro- a plausible question to ask, the only question he had was if he was willing And so how does Jesus respond? This is the second part of our story. And we see Jesus' compassion, verses 41 and 42. How does Jesus respond? Moved with pity, it says. Verse 41. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said, I will be clean. He was moved with pity. That word refers to the, our inward parts, our, uh, the, the pit of our stomach, our, our guts, our organs. It's that feeling when something amazing happens, when something uh, surprises you, when, when, when something you didn't expect happens, a jump scare, whatever it might be, and your, your, st- your stomach falls out, and you're so scared, you're so startled. 
or when something just moves you so deeply because you care so much for something. This is what Jesus is feeling. He sees the effects of sin in the world that he created. This is not the way God created things to be. This is the effects of sin and of evil. And so Jesus, he's sick to his stomach when he sees how plagued this man is. And so what does he do? Jesus stretches out his hand to this, this man who's, who's fallen at his feet, kneeling. He stretches down. He touches him. He lifts him up. He says, I will. So be clean. And this man, embraced for maybe the first time in years, the first time someone has touched him in years, can you imagine, can you believe what that must have felt like? The trembling he must have been feeling as he felt Jesus' hand rest on his shoulder. And not only was he embraced with love, but he was healed completely from head to toe. This man was made clean. And so right here, in this story, we see one of the clearest depictions of our salvation in all of Scripture. On Wednesday nights, we've been reading and studying uh, a book by J. Gresham Machen, Christianity and Liberalism. In that book, uh, Machen, his, his main argument is that doctrine matters and what we believe matters and truth matters. And so he works through these doctrines that have been denied uh, by the modern church but need to be embraced in order for us to have Christianity at all. And which doctrines does he start with? Well, he starts with the doctrines of God and the doctrines of man. We have fundamental truths that we must believe and we must begin with, with who God is and who we are. And in this story in Mark chapter 1, we learn a lot about who God is and, and who we are. We see mankind clearly in our fallen estate. We see the effects of sin in the world the effects of sin in our lives. And so unless we look at this poor leper in our story, and unless we see ourselves in him, then we do not understand this story at all. Because we are all spiritual lepers. We are all afflicted by the festering wounds of sin in our lives. And this is what Scripture shows us throughout. Calvin summarizes it well. He says that, For unless you first of all grasp what your relationship to God is, and the nature of His judgment concerning you, you have neither a foundation on which to establish your salvation, nor one on which to build piety toward God. See, we need to understand who God is, we need to understand who we are. We are unclean by birth from the stain of sin. And we add on to that heaps of our own sin by our own uh, thoughts, words, and actions throughout our lives. And until we understand that, 
until we understand the depth of our sin and our misery. If we don't understand that, then we'll never be like this leper in our story who throws himself at the feet of Jesus, pleading, begging for forgiveness. We will never do that until we see ourselves for the spiritual lepers that we are. But there's one difference. There's one difference between this leper in our story and us. There's one difference. Remember what the leper said. What did he say? He said, if you are willing, you can make me clean. He did not know Jesus. He had heard stories about him, but he had not come to know him himself. It was plausible that this Jesus who had done these miraculous healings in the past, he might not be willing to heal me. But that is not true of us. That's the difference. It is not a question. Because now in Christ, from his ministry, from the scriptures that bear testimony to who he is and what he has done, we do know Jesus. And we know that not if, but when we confess our sins to him, he is faithful. He is willing to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we do not come to Jesus saying, if you are willing, you can make me clean. No, we come to him in confidence saying, Jesus, since I know that you are willing, I will be clean. You will make me clean. How can we be so sure? Seems presumptuous. How can we be so sure that Jesus is so willing? We know because of what Jesus has done. We see it right here in this passage. What does he do? But he reaches down and he touches the man who was unclean so that he might become clean. He is the Holy Son of God. He is perfect. He is pure. He is clean and of himself. He is perfectly holy. There is no stain of sin. There's nothing in him that would make him unclean. Yet willingly, he would make himself unclean in order to heal this man to make him clean. Touching someone who was unclean would make that person unclean as well. Yet Jesus' touch, rather than making Jesus unclean, because of his power, because of his might, because of his authority, Not only does Jesus remain clean, but he cleans, he cleanses this unclean man. And this is what Jesus has done for his people. This is the picture of our salvation. This is the picture of the incarnation. This is the picture of Jesus reaching down out of heaven, down to earth as it were, reaching down, taking up humanity, becoming human, becoming one like us, taking on human flesh, living a perfect life, living a life without any sin, yet dying a sinner's death on the cross, so that he who knew no sin became sin, so that we might become the righteousness of God. That's the gospel. That's the scandal of the gospel. That's the good news. This is what Christ does for his people. 
There's another way to say it. Here, here's another way that might make it sink home for us as well. Is that Jesus, he wants to be part of your mess. Whatever it is. He wants to be a part of your life. As messy, as broken, as sinful as it is. So let him in. We're all spiritual lepers here. The church is a hospital for sinners, not a museum for saints, as one pastor put it. I love that. Our spiritual leprosy, it comes in all kinds of forms. So maybe it's sexual sin. Maybe that feels like a leprosy of your soul. Maybe you're weighed down with guilt and shame from past sins. Maybe you're struggling with sin even today. It feels like raw wounds, festering flesh. You don't know how to get rid of it. You feel the weight of it. You don't know how to make yourself clean. Maybe your spiritual leprosy is some kind of addiction. It's alcohol, it's pornography, it's whatever it might be. Something that has become so much a part of your life that you would say, yes, this is actually something that I'm full of. I'm, I'm full of this leprosy. I'm completely covered by this sin. It's a part of me, and I am unclean. Whatever it might be, whatever you might be struggling with, going through this morning, this is what Jesus wants you to do. He wants you, like this leper, to come to him, to throw yourself at his feet. But don't ask the question, Lord, if you are willing, because we know the answer. Come to him in faith. Lord Jesus, I am unclean, but you are willing, so make me clean. Bring all of it to Christ. He will bear and carry all of it away. We see no clearer picture of our salvation, our complete salvation in Christ, than in this story this morning. Jesus makes us clean. So where does that leave us? This is the last thing. We'll, we'll end with this. A third thing, a third part of this story. Jesus gives this command to this clean person, this clean man. Verses 43 through 45. I won't read all of it to us, but Jesus, he says that Jesus sternly charged him. He sent him away. And he told him to see that you say nothing to anyone, but go show yourself to the priests, offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. But then we read that he went off and didn't do any of that. So what are we to make of all of this? It seems almost like an anticlimactic ending. What, what's going on here? Why is Jesus so serious about this man following the Mosaic requirements? It was an eight-day process for someone who had been unclean to then become clean, uh, by, pronounced by the priest, and it included animals that would be brought for the offering like Jesus references here. So why is he so stern? You know, Mark describes him as stern. Why is he stern about this? Why does this man just ignore Jesus? Why does he go his own way? What are we to make of all of this? I think the key here is that we 
are saved from something, and we are also saved to something else. So Jesus, he saves us from our sin, he cleanses us from unrighteousness, and he saves us into relationship with him. We can think about this in terms of the kingdom of God. Jesus came to proclaim the kingdom of God. So we all, we are in the kingdom of darkness. We are lost in sin. We need a savior. Jesus comes, he seeks and saves the lost, he saves us, but he does not leave us where we were, but he then takes us into his kingdom. And so that is the key. We are not saved and then left to ourselves. We are not healed and then left to wonder what we should do next. But when Christ comes into our lives, it's a holistic salvation. It it impacts everything in our life, not just that moment, but everything thereafter. Jesus wants not just a part of us, but all of us. And so Jesus, he cared more that this man would become his disciple than he cared that this man would be healed of his leprosy. That's true. And this story then, it it warns us. It it, it gives us this amazing promise that Jesus will save us, that he'll heal us, but that Jesus wants all of us. And he offers more than just temporary healing. He offers us a life worth living. Uh, Sinclair Ferguson, he described it well. He says that uh, this man in our story, uh, that he was the epitome of, of the person who comes to Jesus for salvation, but then refuses to submit to Jesus because he believes he really knows best how to live his own life. And that's what this man does in our story. He says, thanks, Jesus, I'll take it from here. But we must not do this. But after receiving God's grace in Jesus Christ then we give ourselves, we give our lives to him completely. This is how uh, Paul says it in Ephesians chapter 2. I think this is a wonderfully helpful passage of scripture. He says that, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of work, so that no one may boast. And we say yes and amen. But then there's the next verse. And Paul says, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And so we are saved from something and we're saved to something else. We're saved from our sin and we're saved to love and good works that God has designed us to walk in because we were created in Christ Jesus. We are His workmanship created for that purpose. And so this entire story then, the story of this leper, the story of Jesus' compassionate healing, it shows us what kind of Savior we have. It shows us a Savior who is both willing and able to save. He is able to heal and cleanse you from whatever plagues you. Leprosy it was the incurable mark of sin in someone's life. That's what leprosy was. And so maybe you feel like that spiritual leper under the weight and burden of your own sin, but Christ is not only able to heal you from that sin, he's willing to do so. And not only that, 
not only can he heal you and save you, but he has a life prepared beforehand for you to walk in, a life that's full of purpose, a life that's full of meaning, a life that he will give you if you would but give up your own life and follow after him. That is what this story teaches us. May God give us the grace to believe it and to live it in our lives. Let's pray. Jesus, we give you praise. We praise your name because in you we have life. In you we have salvation from every sin. We know that you are willing and able to save us no matter who we are, no matter what we have done. Anything in our past, anything in our present, there's nothing. Anything in the future can separate us from your love. That is the good news of the gospel. So please minister to our hearts through your spirit to apply this amazing redemption and all of its benefits to us this morning, uh, especially as we, uh, in a few moments, partake of your holy communion. Uh, We pray that you would be nourishing us uh, through that. Bless us. We need you, Lord Jesus. Bless us. We pray this in your name. Amen.